to the sermon podcast of Trinity Church in Carryville, Tennessee, right outside of Memphis. For more information about our church, please visit our website, trinity901.com. A couple of years ago, I was in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, where my brother lives, and my favorite rib joint is the original, not the franchise, but the original Dreamland Barbecue. And my brother kept telling me that he felt like there was a better place in Alabama, that there was a better place in Tuscaloosa, and it was called Archibald's, and it was right down the road from his house. Now, I was looking at my brother like he was a blasphemer, that he was a heretic, but in light of the fact that he was willing to buy me lunch, I thought, well, I'll give it a shot. So we went down the road to Archibald's, and it was... An unusual time of the day, hardly anybody was there. And the owner's son, who has taken over the restaurant, was by himself at the barbecue pit. And I went up and he and talked to him, and he spent a great deal of time explaining the history of his father starting the restaurant. He told me all about the barbecue pit and how old it was and how significant and important that was to the taste of the barbecue. He talked to me about how he chooses the wood that's going to go into the pit, the water that he creates to create the smoke as the barbecue ribs are cooking, how he chooses the meat that's going to go on the grill and how important the sauce is to their family. And so later, he's bringing me the ribs. He's bringing the ribs for my brother and I to share. And they look delicious and they look wonderful. But I knew that it would not be dreamland. I knew that it would not be my favorite ribs. I did not trust his words regarding his own cooking, regarding his sauce, regarding his smoke and his grill. I didn't trust him. He put the ribs down before us. We started to eat. And I realized about halfway through that this was a better rib. That this was outstanding. And to this day, I will say, it is the best barbecue ribs that I have ever had. I should have trusted His experience. I should have trusted His wisdom. But I didn't. I thought that I knew best. And so we come to 1 Timothy 12-16 through today. And here's what Paul is saying as a church planter to the church plant in Ephesus. Here's what he is saying to us all these years later. Trust my wisdom. Trust my experience. Trust that Jesus Christ is everything. This is a trustworthy thing, he says. Let's pray. Our Lord and our God, we thank you that your word is absolutely, positively full of grace and truth. Help us to know your word so that we may live a life that is pleasing to your son, Jesus. Father, forgive the one who speaks, for my sins are great. Set me aside as you speak and you only this morning. Amen. So there are three things that I want us briefly to see 
in 1 Timothy 1, 12-16. And I really want to reflect on, in the passage today, how are we like the Apostle Paul? As he's writing to the church in Ephesus, let's think through how are we, as believers in Christ, as those that have union with Christ, how are we like Him? So the first thing I want to mention, and if you see in verse 12, Paul talks about strength, that Jesus is our strength. So Paul is saying, He is my strength, and we echo those comments. We echo those statements. Jesus is our strength. How is that possible? How does that work? What does it mean as we navigate through the Christian life that Jesus is our strength? Well, we know according to Romans 5, verse 5, that He sends the ministry of the Holy Spirit to us. Jesus said to the apostles that I must ascend to heaven so that the long-awaited and anticipated Holy Spirit can come and bring the gospel to the nations. This is in fulfillment of God's promises that He made all throughout the Old Testament. The Spirit must come. The ministry of Jesus in our hearts. Hear what Paul says in Romans 5.5. 5. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loved us because He has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with His love. How is Jesus our strength? He ministers to us with His love. So when we are going through the valley, when we are going through the shadows, when we are navigating through the difficult times that surely this life brings, you are probably dealing with things right now that are hard and tough and strenuous. And so we call on the Holy Spirit that Jesus sends to us to remind us that our hearts are full of God's love. No matter what you're facing, no matter what you are dealing with, God has not left you unto yourself. God has not turned His back on you. God has not forgotten you. He wants to remind you through the ministry of the Holy Spirit that you are filled with His love. That His love means acceptance. His love means care. It means that His eye is upon you. It means that whatever you're dealing with, it is not a rogue issue that God cannot handle, but that He cares, He loves, and He is present. It's such a good reminder for us that Jesus is our strength. That we do not have to try to do it ourselves. That He is with us. That He does the heavy lifting. That the cross should be a reminder to us that God is saying, I have this. And I have you. And I will not let you go. What an important reminder for God's people day in, day out, and from Lord's Day to Lord's Day that we can come to this place and we can be reminded that our God is not distant, that our God is not forgetful, that our God is not uncaring, but that He has filled our hearts, He has filled your heart, my heart, with His love. How else are we like Paul? Well, Jesus is also our Redeemer. Verses 12 and 13, 
Paul talks about Jesus Christ as his Lord and that he has judged him faithfully, appointing Paul to his service. How can Paul say that he has judged him faithful? And you look at verse 13 and 14. It is because of His grace and it is because of His mercy. Because of His grace and because of His mercy. I said it earlier in the service. When God sees us, He does not see our sin. He does not see our troubles. He does not see our issues that often calls us to step back from Him. Our sin which blinds us to His holiness the sin which creates a gap that cannot be traversed between us and the Father. When He sees us, He sees Jesus. Because Jesus is the one who has taken on flesh. Jesus is the one who has come and He has lived a perfect life. Jesus obeyed the covenant perfectly. Jesus was born without sin. And so because He obeyed the covenant perfectly, He receives all the blessings that God promised through His covenants. They come to Jesus. He is the faithful Son. He is the one true Israelite. And through faith, Jesus dispenses those blessings to us. Because we are a part of His family, because we are united to Him, He gives us those things. So I've mentioned in the children's messages time and time again the things that I like the things that I liked as a child I talked to the little ones about the toys and the comic books and the football cards the things that I loved and I try to tie it into a lesson in the Bible but I have a son and I have these comic books and I have these baseball cards and some of them are worth a significant amount because they're really old and do you know what I want to do with those possessions? Give them to Him. Because I know He loves them, and I know He enjoys them, and He is worth far more to me than a Spider-Man comic book or a Walter Payton football card. And that's our Father in Heaven because of Jesus. He gives us these good gifts. He gives us the treasured benefits of the covenant and those Benefits mean that we are loved and accepted and forgiven. We are made right. We are pure. We are clean. And so because we live in a fallen and sinful world, we tend to approach the throne of grace with shame. We tend to approach Jesus and we feel like failures. We feel like we can't accomplish anything good, that we're not holy. Remember, you are His treasured possession. You are His child. He has given you good gifts. That is why Paul can say, Jesus is my Redeemer. He judges me faithfully. Not because I was a blasphemer and a persecutor, and I love this, an insolent opponent. He judges me faithfully because Jesus is my older brother. What a good word for us this morning. Verse 14, His grace overflows. His grace overflows. May that be said of all of us as we go out into our neighborhoods and into this community, into our families and work, that this person 
overflows with the grace of God because they understand who they are in Christ Jesus, their Redeemer, just like Paul. And then finally, the third thing like Paul, we are to be an example. Verse 16, But I received mercy for this reason, that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display His perfect patience as an example to those who are to believe in Him for eternal life. Paul is saying, I know that I have been redeemed from my horrible and wicked and terrible life because Jesus wants to use me as an example to show others what His love and His grace is all about. Paul is saying, I am not perfect. I am not sinless. But I am an ambassador of Jesus Christ. And I want people to see and to know that Jesus is King. So it is important how I live my life. I am not walking the journey of the Christian faith in order to save myself. I can't. It's not possible. It won't happen. Only Jesus can do that. But I can walk the journey of the Christian faith in obedience to Christ, hoping and praying that others will see me and they will see through my words and my deeds Jesus and all His greatness. And so, our faith in Him, our relationship to Him, the Holy Spirit working in us, unifying us to Jesus means that as we go about our daily lives, we model His sacrifice, His humility, His generosity, His forgiveness, His patience. The totality of our lives should serve as an example of the supremacy of Christ. That we want to live and breathe Jesus. We want to be in the presence of those who may not know Him. And we want them to understand the dramatic impact that He has made in our hearts and our souls. Sacrifice, humility, generosity, forgiveness, patience, and much more. It's important to remember who Jesus is and His love for us and all that He does for us. The the words of the Apostle Paul regarding Jesus are stunning and they are beautiful and they are captivating. And I hope when we hear Paul as a church planner talking to Trinity the church plant, that it motivates us to love and to serve and to boast about our Savior. These words of Paul are trustworthy. Let's pray. Lord God, thank You for the goodness of the words of the Apostle Paul, which come to Him from the Holy Spirit, from the throne room of heaven, to us. 
God, thank you for speaking to us and encouraging us. Thank you, God, for these great words. Help us to live for our King. Help us to praise you every moment of every day because you are our Redeemer. And you have judged us faithful in Christ. And it's in His name we pray. Amen.